Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Serenity Through Prayer. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hello everyone, welcome. My name is Roland. The program is called Shedding Shackles. Today I want to do one of my favorite things, which is to read a little bit from Madame Guyon. I'm reading from her book, and translated in English, the title is Experiencing God Through Prayer. The editor of this little book is Donna C. Arthur. This is chapter 11, Entering into Effortless Prayer, and I quote, Have you been faithful to incorporate into your prayer life what you have been learning in this little book? Are you gradually sensing God's presence more and more with you as you kneel in prayer? Good, because you should soon enjoy a continual sense of God's presence, which will become natural for you. His presence, as well as prayer, should soon become almost habitual to you. You should be aware of an unusual serenity that comes over you in prayer. This, dear one, is indeed God communicating his love to you. It is the beginning of the blessedness too great to describe. Oh, how I would love to pursue this subject and to continue to share with you what progress can be made in experiencing God through prayer. But I'm writing basically for beginners, and in the Lord's timing, you will experience all God has for you. It is important now that you cease from self-action and self-exerting in attempting to experience His presence. God Himself can act alone. God said to David, Be still and know that I am God. We, the created, sometimes become so infatuated with love and attachment to our own works that we walk in disbelief as the Creator's workings abound more and more with us. They will absorb our own self-efforts. It seems as though the stars shine more brightly before the sun rises and gradually vanish as the light advances. They have not really become invisible. A greater light has simply absorbed the lesser light. This is also the case with your self-effort in prayer. Since God's light is so much greater, it absorbs our little flickers of activity. They will grow faint and eventually disappear until all self-effort to experience God is no longer distinguishable. Oh, it's very beautiful. Let's talk about that a little bit, shall we? Let's begin again. It's so beautiful. You don't mind if I read it again, do you? I begin to read now. Have you been faithful to incorporate into your prayer life what you have been learning in this little book? Are you gradually sensing God's presence more and more with you as you kneel in prayer? Good, because you should soon enjoy a continual sense of God's presence, which will become natural for you. His presence, 
as well as prayer, should soon become almost habitual to you. You should be aware of an unusual serenity that comes over you in prayer. This, dear one, is indeed God communicating his love to you. It is the beginning of the blessedness too great to describe. This is Madame Guillaume. So, what was she saying? She said that you must experience the presence of God. And if there's anything that I have been trying to help people with over these past 31 years on the air, that's it. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person. And I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. So what was she saying? She said that you must experience the presence of God. And if there's anything that I have been trying to help people with over these past 31 years on the air, that's it. Because I have seen that people... See, let me, let me see if I can explain it to you in a very simple way. Remember, Madame Rion was, was talking in here about activity, and she said that we, we become infatuated with our own activities. Well, you see, if you're rushing around and trying to make things happen, then you don't notice the presence of God. If you're caught up in emotions, whatever they may be, but especially anger and resentment and hurt feelings and so forth, then you don't sense the presence of God. If you're lost in thinking, worrying, planning, scheming, daydreaming, reliving the past or vengefully planning for the future, you can't experience the presence of God. He's still there, but you don't experience him. So you have to experience him by ceasing your own efforts. You have to become less emotional, less angry, less resentful, less caught up in things, less world-worrying, and less being a busybody, and less trying to micromanage, and less blaming yourself or blaming others, less living in the past. See? And then you can experience the presence of God. Now, there's something else that's needed, and that is you must want to. See, God does not violate our freedom. He doesn't force himself upon you. So you must want his presence in your life. Now, how do you do that? Well, let me explain. Let me talk about a little something called conscience. I also call it intuition. It really is intuition. It's what you wordlessly know in your heart. But you see, when you fall away from that, when you don't go along with it and abide in it, and when, when you don't do what you know is right in your heart, then it's still there. But now it feels like conscience. In other words, 20-20 hindsight. Now, 
most of you, I dare say, most of you are so caught up. See, you can't, you almost can't help it. You're so caught up in buying things, in worrying about things, in watching the news, in thinking and planning and daydreaming and playing games and eating and drinking and smoking and, and taking drugs and meds and caught up in your bills and caught up in all the things that you are told to do and all the obligations and all the things you feel guilty about or you think I should be doing more for my mother, I should visit her more, I should do this for my friends, I should donate more money, I should... You are so caught up with all of those things that you don't experience the presence of God. Now, I'm going to repeat something that I said on a previous program, and I'm going to say it again. I watched the professional hypnotist on a YouTube video. His name is Anthony Gailey. He's famous. He does presentations to staff meetings of large corporations. He's very popular. He's a professional. He's very good. He hypnotized a lady on the stage to not be able to see her shoe. Then he placed her shoe, he took it off of her foot and he put it in her hand so she was holding her shoe. Then he snapped his fingers and her eyes opened and he said, look, one of your shoes is missing. And she looked down at her feet and one of her feet had just stockings on it and no shoe. He says, find your shoe. So she looked everywhere. She looked under the chair she was sitting on. She looked around the stage. She looked everywhere. She couldn't find her shoe. It was in her hand and she couldn't see it. And finally he said, what's in your hand? And she looked at it and blinked. And you could see she sort of blanked out somehow or other. She could not see the shoe in her hand. So now, do you understand when Christ said the kingdom of God is all around you? but you don't see it. Why is that? Because they were responding to something else. They were responding to their teachers and their professors and their leaders, and they were caught up in their dogma and their thinking and their philosophy and their habits and their customs, and they were caught up in their worries and in their people-pleasing and they were caught up in everything else and could not see the kingdom of God right there. Just the way that woman could not see her shoe. So now do you understand that God is present, but you cannot sense it because you are so caught up in everything else. So what are you going to do? Well, you have to adjust the way that you relate to everything. See, you have to learn how to be in the world, but not of the world. Yeah, you still have to be a mom and a dad and a worker and a parent and a neighbor and a citizen, and you have to be able to do recreation and go bike riding and go to the park. You have to be able to do everything, but in such a way that 
you still sense the presence of God. Are you with me? All right. Now, it helps just to hear me talk about it. Because when you hear me talk about it, it awakens you to see that you haven't been aware. See, sometimes I suddenly notice that I've been caught up in thought. I've been thinking about, I don't know, thinking about something. What I have, have to get an oil change for the car or who knows what I'm thinking about. But it carried me away a little bit. It carried me away for a few seconds or a few minutes. Then all of a sudden I notice it. And the moment that I notice that I was lost in thought, now I'm no longer lost in thought. Now I'm back in the presence. So you have to sense the presence of God. And it begins by being aware in the moment. I'm sitting here right now. I can hear the computer hum. I feel a little tingling in my, in my fingers. I hear the present. Have you ever noticed that when you hear the present, it's kind of quiet? Have you ever noticed that? In the present, there's a kind of a calmness, a peacefulness, a stillness. Yeah, there's still noises around, but there's a quiet. So that's how you have to learn how to be in the world, but not of the world. And thereby, you begin to become aware of the presence of God. Now, I never completed my thought. I said that you have to want the presence of God. Now, I began by talking about conscience. And now I want to continue with how you can want the presence of God. Do you remember when you were a little child? See, I always keep coming back to that again. Why? Because when you were a little child, you were closer to God at that time, undoubtedly, than you've ever been since. Charles Dickens said that the little children are fresh from God. Isn't that beautiful? Well, you were close to God. And then what happened when you got angry at your mommy? Let's say your mommy said, told you to do something, and or your mommy wouldn't let you have what you wanted to have. So you got angry at your mommy. You stamped your foot, and you said, I hate you. And you ran to your... You ran to your... Uh, to your bedroom and slam the door. Well, then what happened? Well, then you know what? When the emotions began to subside, what did you feel? You felt bad, didn't you? You felt bad because you, you knew you didn't really hate your mommy and you knew you had said a mean thing to her. Well, what is that feeling bad? It's your conscience. It's God's light. You sense God's way of doing things. See, God doesn't care if you spill milk on the, on the floor or if you forget to, to wash your socks, he doesn't care if you forget to pay your credit card bill or if you spill some coffee on the floor. He doesn't care. But he does care about how you relate to other people and then, of course, how you relate to him. That's what he cares about. So he cares if you get angry at your mommy. So you felt conscience. Well, that is being closer to God. He wants you to see that you shouldn't hate your mommy, and then you don't hate your mommy anymore. And God forgives you. 
He just wanted you to see it, that's all. We love hearing from you, so keep the comments and questions coming. Our listener call-in line is 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. This is Jeremiah Trujillo wishing you better relationships and a better life. In these challenging times in which we live, Roland has decided to make the complete four-part meditation exercise available for free to those who cannot afford a donation. The meditation exercise is a tool for dealing with stress and remaining centered. To listen to the complete four-part meditation exercise, simply go to SheddingShackles.com and click on the middle icon, Meditation. When we go through life caught up in all kinds of things and we don't sense this, this conscience. See, most of you don't sense it anymore. All you feel is a vague anxiety. If you sense conscience at all, it's just a vague anxiety and you don't like it. And you try to get rid of it. You go drink wine or, or go work out or go buy something to get rid of it. Well, see what I mean? But some of us, some of us want to know some of us want, want to know about the deeper side of life. Some of us yearn for something pure and good and noble and kind and not tainted and not stained, something that won't betray us. Everybody's always betrayed you one way or the other. Maybe they did the best they, they could, but it wasn't enough. But you made the mistake of resenting them. Can you see that resentment is also hypnotic? Can you see that it also gets you involved in the wrong way with things? So you have to learn how to relate to everything properly. And God will actually show you that. That's what conscience is, is for. See, when you were a little tiny child and you got angry at your mommy, then God said, no, that's not the way to relate to your mommy. He said, you know, you mustn't hate your mommy. Well... That's his way. He was showing you, wasn't he? Wordlessly, you knew in your heart. Or maybe you told a lie. Or maybe some other kid was being, was being bullied. And you could have stepped in and said something. But you didn't. So afterwards, you felt bad, didn't you? Or maybe you stole something from another kid. They had something you wanted and you thought, they don't really need it. I'll just take it. You took it. Then afterwards, what? You felt bad. Why? Because... God was showing you how he wants you to relate to other people. Now, it's a wonderful thing that back in the, in the Old Testament, God made the Ten Commandments and he made all kinds of rules and so on. But now there's a new covenant. He said, I will write my laws in their minds and in their hearts, and I will be their God and they will be my people. So now God writes his laws in your heart. And you know, in the moment, you have instant Instantaneous guidance. You have help when it's needed. Right there, on the spot. 
You hate somebody, and immediately, if you're close to your conscience, you sense that it's wrong, and then you knock it off. So you're receiving guidance from God. So that's what you must find. See, when you find his guidance, see, his guidance, his help, is not separated from him. When you find his guidance, when you find closeness to your conscience or your intuition, then you're closer to him. You want to be closer to him. If you had a really good grandpa or really, really good grandma, you know, that when you were a little child, you could go jump on the sofa and sit beside them. Or a really good daddy, you could sit beside them and you could feel secure. Well, you must learn how to feel secure with God there. So let it begin with your conscience. From now on, endeavor to be aware of the rightness of things. You don't have to tell other people. You don't have to rush to people generally and say, oh, I, I did you wrong, I'm sorry. Yeah, there'll be some of that, but mostly it's just private. It's a private realization. It's private guidance. You sense that you were a little phony with someone. You see that you were a little impatient with your child. You sense that you weren't honest with someone. You sense it. It's a little thing, but it's important to God. But see, if you blame yourself, if you hate yourself, if you try to make yourself better, once again, you're jumping in and messing it up. Don't try to do anything about what you see. Just see it. That's all. Just see it. Christ said, I am the bread of life, he said. And they said, what work shall we do? He said, the work, the work for you to do is to believe in the Son of God. Believe in him. That's all you have to believe it. So when you are a little bit phony with somebody, you're not totally honest with them, and then afterwards you sense that you were and it wasn't right, just believe that and don't doubt it. Just know that your conscience is showing you. God is wordlessly showing you in a very delicate way, in a very gentle way. He's showing you that you being phony with other person wasn't right and just see it. You know, believe it and see it. That's all. And then God, God will fix it. He fixes it. How is he fixing it? First of all, by just making you aware, it says the truth will set you free. Remember? When you see the truth, in God's light of truth, you see the truth about your own phoniness, your own cowardliness, your own selfishness. When you see it, just see it. That's all. So now do you understand why you must experience the presence of God? It begins with your conscience. It begins with being less angry, less resentful, less emotional, learning to stand back. See, there has to be a way of eating without getting lost in eating, a way of relating to other people without getting lost in them. There has to be a way of working without work becoming your whole life. There has to be a way of living where you're in the world, but not of the world. 
where you float through life. Everything you do has a good effect. And you see the bad out there, but it doesn't get inside. See, what's happened to you is that when you got into everything else, when you separated from God, when you denied your conscience, when you rushed around and tried to make things right, and when you hated other people, and when you were selfish and ambitious and everything else, then what happened was that that got inside of you. It got into you, and now in you, it continues to compel you. So you must also see that. There's a lot to see, but all in due time. Let it begin very simply by learning to sit quietly and experience the presence of God. And when your conscience shows you that you were a little bit phony, a little bit mean, a little bit selfish, a little bit dishonest, a little bit sneaky, when you see it, just see it. I used to know a nice man. He was a teacher. He was a very nice teacher. When you asked him a question, he wouldn't immediately answer it with some glib answer that he had memorized. He would look up and pause and thoughtfully consider before he gave you the answer. It was such a beautiful thing. Well, you know what? That looking up and that pause and that thoughtfulness is very close to finding your creator. It's very close. That's the kind of attitude, that's the kind of state of being that you must have. You'll, you'll have this calm perspective, and it's kind of like wanting to be close to God. Then how do you begin that to happen? Well, you can begin by sitting quietly and watching and resisting being pulled into thought, being pulled into daydreams, and remain in the present so that you can and I know this is going to sound, to some of you, it's going to sound weird, but so that you can sense the presence of God, the peace of God, the calmness of God. You sense that he's there. And then you go out in the world and do all the things that you do as a mom or a dad or student or what have you, but you have that with you. It's very beautiful. Did you know that my most popular book is The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage, a spiritual and practical look at relationships. My favorite chapter is How to Forgive and Forget. The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. Check it out at Amazon.com or SheddingShackles.com. Until next time, Lord willing, and the Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.